You're listening to the Up Level Your Online Business Show, where wealth is empowering, purpose is crucial, and high vibes are non-negotiable. And now, here's your host, certified business coach and practical woo strategist, Sarah J. Larrero. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Up Level Your Online Business Show. Today, I have my good friend here with me, Dr. Lindsay Havlicek Bell. And we were literally just saying that we have been friends and talking to each other for over a decade. And we just have the best conversations about business. I mean, you're going to hear a lot of it today. And we keep on saying, hey, we need to record some podcast episodes about this. And here we are. So Lindsay, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone as well? Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. And it is funny because usually we're doing this on WhatsApp (laughs) and one of us is walking a dog or something. And we have these amazing conversations and we're always just like, man, everyone needs to hear this stuff. I wish we could share this with everyone. And so I'm glad we are officially doing it, but I am a clinical psychologist and a life and mindset coach. I predominantly work with entrepreneurs, athletes, um, or people who are aspiring to be either of those. And uh, Mm -hmm. I live uh, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, originally from upstate New York. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably good. Yeah, yeah. And so Lindsay was, let's kind of share a little bit of the story of, of how we first quote unquote met. Cause we haven't actually met in person. We yeah, talk to each other funny. almost every single day. <laughs> I know it's like these, it's, it's weird to think I was thinking that like, we need to actually hang out in person, but it feels so natural and normal because really, I mean, we were both, you were in Toronto. I was mm-hmm. in, I think actually in New Hampshire when we met. And it was like, we were in our nine to fives and followed each other because that's when like hosting your daily yoga pose was like really in on Instagram. And, uh, we were, yeah, just posting pictures of yoga and, um, I think just followed each other. And then, you know, you just start seeing certain people's content and like, you really kind of hit it off. And I think we just started having some organic conversations about life. I know um, in 2015, that's when I had my baby and that's when I left my job. And then you weren't too far after that. So I think we've just really followed each other on these journeys. Like I've seen you from like your nine to five, like when you were like, should I leave? Should I not leave? You know, now what you are, and it's been really incredible to uh, follow each other on those journeys. Yeah. And I think it's so incredible too, because for me, you were like the OG (laughs) of having this really, what you know, incredible job on paper, right? Uh, Because you have your doctorate and you're very highly educated and you had all the things that I also had. I'm not, I don't have my doctorate, but I had my master's. I was in this like permanent full-time job, really great benefits, all of that kind of stuff. And when I saw you do it, I was like, oh, hey, Lindsay's doing it. Let me just follow what she's doing for a little bit. And then a few years later, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. And um, yeah, it's just been really incredible. I think we've both had a few different, I've had two businesses. You've had like three right by now, right? Yeah, Um, I really, um, 
F. I, I don't think I did things the right way in 2015. I was, I had my baby and I was just kind of like in a high emotional state. Like, what do I do? Like for a while I was kind of debating and then kind of threw things at the wall to see what would stick and figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, which is now you have people that are coaches, business coaches like Sarah, Sarah, I probably should have had you and I wouldn't have had to make all those mistakes and figure all of those things out. But you know, I went to school for a long time. I knew how to do what I, what I do, but I didn't know how to run a business or figure And it felt very overwhelming. So yeah, it, I had to figure it all out. And, uh, but I'm really glad I did, you know? And I think it's so interesting. Cause I, I think this also kind of runs through both of our personalities. I think you're a P on the Myers-Briggs, right? Your last letter. Yes. You're more spontaneous. You kind of just like figure things out as you go. I'm a little bit more. So I was kind of the opposite. I was like, I need to understand 110% of how my business is going to make me money before I left my nine to five. Cause I was like, there is no way that I can just leave and figure it out later. That's just not like me. I just, I figure things out and then I make decisions and you just kind of make decisions and then figure things out. Um, I think the expression that really uh, describes me is I tend to jump off the cliff and then build the airplane on the way down um, (laughs) for better or for worse. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love how different people have different styles of doing things and it just, it eventually ends up working out as long as you obviously honor yourself. Right. And I needed to honor myself because I saw people jumping off the cliff and I was like, whoa, that would give me way too much anxiety. Um, But you also needed to honor yourself in that. And I think that one thing that we wanted to talk about in this podcast episode, because we're we're going to have a few, let's be honest. I feel like we need to document everything that we talk about because it's so good. Um, But one thing that we want to talk about in specific in this episode is low frustration tolerance. And I think that you could be very spontaneous. You could be a lot more spontaneous than I am. I can be a lot more of the person who like lays out and has all the plans. But I think that one thing that truly has made us both successful, I mean, you're fully booked out in your life coaching right now. That's, that's incredible. You only launched it like last month, right? Uh, I launched it right in the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's incredible. So, um, yeah. And to, just to start it, I had this idea like, okay, fully booked. My first month is like two people, you know, mm-hmm. let's see if I can do that. Cause I didn't want to focus on the big number first, you know, I want to mm-hmm. be like, and then I was kind of like, okay, I, I only have one more time slot available now, like <laughs> a few months in. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, amazing how it worked out, but yeah. I'm, glad, you know, I'm glad. I mean, my clients like give me life. I love it. So Ah, that's amazing. Yeah. So let's dive into a little bit more of, you know, you're the one who initially told me that this was called low frustration tolerance, but we've talked a little bit about this in terms of how some people give up really, really early in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship. And there's a lot of the, you know, BS online. Um, And by the way, Lindsay's really straightforward. You're going to love her (laughs) for like, just how like opinionated and to the point she is with this stuff. But we, we talk back and forth about how there's a lot of jargon going on online where it's just like, oh, everything should be super, super easy. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you just need to manifest things and things are going to come to life. But we've talked about how 
it's so much more of the structure, discipline, focus, all of those types of things as well. And you identified this once as low frustration tolerance. And I was like, ah, I've never heard that term before, but why don't you dive into a little bit more of what low frustration tolerance is? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that, that, that's a thing. Like, why are we even talking about this subject? And it's mm. because entrepreneurs experience more frustrations than the average person. Right. Right. Oh, so, so good. Your ability to cope and tolerate your frustrations is going to be directly correlated to how your business moves forward. So basically, mm. it's entirely up to you. You can sabotage or you can um, have something really good come out of your frustrations, right? And we all know that the ability to handle setbacks and drama, um, you know, inconveniences, obstructions, and so forth is going to be directly linked to how happy you can be in life and business. Because really, like entrepreneurship is an extension of life. It's not like a separate entity, right? So you want to um, feel good in across all areas of your life. And, uh, you know, if one area of your life is is low, it's going to you know, spill into other areas in your business and so forth. So I kind of like to think of people, not just in their business, but also their overall well-being. Mm -hmm. Right. So frustrations are basically an emotional state that surfaces when we face some sort of obstruction. So we have an intention, then you could say that achieving it would be the bullseye, right? But Mm -hmm. some sort of obstruction comes in in between And the frustration starts because we start feeling uh, discomfort and we start thinking about that obstruction in a certain way. So that way can be positive or negative. So positive things could be, I need to learn a new skill set, right? I need to develop more patience. I need to take some sort of different aligned action or so forth. Or you can have a negative reaction, which could lead to um, quitting, as Sarah was saying, regression, complacency, or the big one that I see the most is procrastination and avoidance. Mm -hmm. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like I want to avoid this, so I'm just going to put it off indefinitely. Yeah. And one thing that I see as well is the whole like, well, this just doesn't feel aligned. Yes. Right. Yes. I get this a lot. Like this, this doesn't feel aligned, Sarah, this way of doing things doesn't feel aligned. And I, I've actually had clients and I, I love them for, for saying this too. Um, at least, you know, it's so important that we, we speak about this and we open up about it too, because we need to understand where that quote unquote, this doesn't feel aligned actually comes from as well. And mm-hmm. I was literally just talking to a new client uh, that just signed up in my mastermind last week. And she was just like, you know what? I just kind of do everything that my coach tells me to do in the beginning. And I was, I was thinking about this and I remember one of my friends telling me this because I'm always like every coach that I work with, I'm always their success story. So I'm always the, like the billboard uh, client. And a lot of my clients also tell me, and it's really sweet. They'll be like, well, I want to be the next, you know, I can't wait to be the next testimonial. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of them do really, really well, but then others struggle. And a lot of the times what they're struggling with is the whole, it, to me, it's low frustration tolerance and it's the, well, it just doesn't feel aligned, Sarah. And I, I, if I can speak for myself, I know, and, and like my new client, we both just kind of said the same thing. We were like, well, the, and my friend was telling me the same thing, right? Like the reason why 
I've been so successful with so many of my coaches is I'm just, I just follow what it is that they tell me to do. And I figure out the alignment piece of it and like tweak the alignment piece of it later on. But in the first few months of working with a new coach, I'm full on implementation and I really work through those frustrations. And when you can do that, and when you can work through those frustrations and really trust the process with everything that you're doing, you're so much more likely to get results. And I really do feel like a lot of the times the whole, like this, this is out of alignment is fear. And it's also really not actually honing in on what that frustration is. I think a lot of the times, especially within the online sphere, we are taught that everything needs to be super easy and it needs to be in flow all of the time. And so when we try out a new strategy or we try out something else in, in business and it doesn't go right, right away, or it just feels so icky in the beginning, or we have all of these negative feelings associated with it a lot of people will take that step back. And it's like you said, it'd be that self-sabotage either. This just isn't alignment for me, or like, this doesn't, you know, this isn't a part of my identity, or like you said, the procrastination Well, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. And I, I think to just, yeah, jump ahead. Cause I want to comment on what you're saying and then come back to this is that, you know, it's, it's kind of like thinking about, um, intuitive eating, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. We'll say like, I just eat intuitively. Well, it's really hard to eat intuitively when you feel, uh, when you've had food addictions, right. Or like sugar, mm. right? you've been on something that people want to say, well, I just want to eat intuitively. Well, maybe, uh, you're not actually eating intuitively. You're being guided because of, uh, you know, unhealthy habits around food or like craving sugar. Right. We all, I mean, who hasn't been hooked on sugar at some point in their life. Right. right? Right. So if I was to like eat intuitively when I've been uh, eating a lot of sugar, I'm going to be reaching for uh, carbs or some chocolate or something like that. And really, I have to override that and focus on discipline and listen to the experts and not eat those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the same Mm -hmm. thing. Like uh, anxiety, for example, can tell you to avoid something. And it's not a quote unquote gut feeling like coming from, an intuitive place. It's actually anxiety telling you to avoid something. So those things can be really hard to tease out. And yeah, if you're working with like, it's hard to call yourself out on this sort of BS. It's Mm. really, really hard. Um, especially on your own, because we tend to like, listen to what we want to listen to and read what we want to read and hear. Um, so yeah, I love what you were saying. Like when you're working with a coach, for example, like you, you invested in them in a reason, right? Mm-hmm. trust it, try it. And then you can adjust. It's not like the be all end all. You can adjust from that point. Um, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about it, like I'm a, I'm a water skier and I'm constantly working with my coaches and they tell me to do things all the time that don't necessarily feel, um, like the right thing to do, but it is the right thing. It's just that I've been doing the wrong thing for a really long time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and then so, Yep, There's sorry. where the frustration comes, right? It's the whole frustration of, oh, they're telling me to do something different, right? And so a part of your ego might even want you to be like, well, that's not right. That doesn't feel good, right? That doesn't feel in alignment. But if you actually go in and listen to them and really lean in, you can improve something. And if you just lean into that frustration. Definitely. So frustration tolerance is like, because you were saying you had not not heard that term. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it is a concept. It was coined by Albert Ellis, who is one of the most profound and influential, influential, ugh, I can't talk, influential <laughs> psychologists. Um, and uh, basically what it is, is the capacity to manage frustration, delay gratification and face problems head on. So low frustration tolerance is the belief that a frustration is like unbearable, not good, and therefore I need to avoid it at all costs. So to make that more relevant to people listening to this podcast, like for a business, that would be something like not sticking with a strategy long enough, you know, kind of that, you know, the term like quitting before the miracle happens, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Avoiding certain strategies, this is what you were just talking about, um, or tasks that you need to do within your business, because they are they feel unbearable, because they can stir frustration, like, like, maybe like, um, a common one would be, um, and I'm not talking about like lead generation, because there's a lot that comes up with lead generation. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, maybe you're really uncomfortable dealing with money and budgets. So you avoid looking at the numbers. so yes. it just feels really uncomfortable, right? So that's what I mean by like avoiding certain tasks that are needed. And that's a problem because <laughs> you need to know how much money you're spending and how much you are bringing in. Um, and then, like you said, giving up and quitting. So basically, this is discomfort dodging all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what low frustration <laughs> is. And, you know, it, it, the thing about it is low frustration can it, it leads to increased stress, right? Mediocre achievement. It keeps people stuck in playing small. People tend to have um, poor self-concepts. They might say bad things about themselves. Uh, they're more apt to waste money, chase shiny pennies, the expression I really love. Um, you know, once something doesn't work out and then they see something else that's great. So they go spend their money there and chase that. And then they go somewhere else because they don't give it long enough to work and so forth. Um, feeling bitter, Re- uh, resentment, jealousy, um, anxiety, distraction, just more self-defeating and ha- self-defeating habits. Uh, that's all really linked to low frustration tolerance. And, and the thing is, is it could be little like micro frustration mm-hmm. things or like really big ones. And, and some people, this is just like their everyday state. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, I love this so much. I love that we're having this conversation and that, you know, so many people are going to listen to this and hopefully it just like has a light bulb moment in their heads because I I really do feel like we've talked about this too. A, a lot of this stuff is masked as spirituality, right? It's masked as spirituality and manifestation. And while we both really believe in spirituality and, ma- and manifestation, um, we've talked about this a lot about how that entire world has been usurped. And I really want, and I really hope that even with this episode, we kind of set the record straight in terms of how to navigate these things, especially from the context of business, because I'll just even give you guys an example. My business, I almost completely derailed my business in 2021. And one of the reasons for that was because I was, I had this really great strategy that I was using in 2020. You know, I was like, making multiple six figures. It was still making multiple six figures in 2021. But by the end of 2021, I think I was just listening to the wrong people. And I like started getting advice from people who, who weren't at my level and who had never been at my level. 
and who were just very, very manifestation focused, but not for the level that I needed to be at in my business. And so it ended up making me stop a lot of things in my business that were working because I was like, oh, well, I just want things to feel easier and more in flow and more in alignment. And it took me a while to really see that. And I'm very glad that in 2022, I really started to lean into my strengths, which are focus and discipline and structure. And I started to not perceive those as the bad guy. Cause I, I think that a lot of online marketing is all about how discipline isn't good or things should be easier for you and things should constantly be in flow. And what I realized for myself was that I could still have so much of the quote unquote feminine. I could still do the manifestations. I could still be really creative. I could still like do a free flowing yoga class and, you know, like go to the beach and clean the waves and do all of those things, but also be structured and disciplined. And when I really leaned into that and I really hired mentors who understood that, that's when my business blew up again, because I was no longer being like, oh, you know, I don't want to deal with these specific things or that just feels like it's too masculine energy focused and all of those things that we hear online consistently. And I'm just so glad that I've even had people like you in my life, Lindsay, because uh, mm-hmm. one thing that I really love about what you say is I, I already think about all of the things that we talk about, but then you actually even add the science to them <laughs> because you're just like, well, I studied this and you know it was based off of this research from this person. And I think that really making sure that what we talk about and that what we say is really backed by um, things, you know, research. Um, and not just by feelings, I yeah. think it's just really crucial. And, and that's going to be the way that we pave the way in the online coaching space for something that still is very flowy, something that still allows for creativity and allows for good feelings, but that doesn't completely throw away, um, you know, the fact that frustration is good for us. Yeah. I mean, it's unavoidable I and mean, you cannot avoid frustrations and there's this idea that frustrations might signal that you're out of alignment and things should flow effortlessly. And by the way, this is this is what I like to refer to as like Instagram spirituality. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I have actually had this conversation with other psychologists who are older and who are not like on the inst- in the they're not on the Instagram train. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they honestly didn't know what I was talking about because this is all such a new thing because, you know, we didn't have Instagram 15, 20 years ago. You know, yeah. I remember those days very well. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's really like this Instagram spirituality that things should flow and be effortless and ease. And, you know, we shouldn't feel, uh, frustrations per se. It's a sign that there's like something, um, wrong. And, you know, there's, there's a few things at play. Some of us are just wired with shorter fuses. You know, some mm-hmm. of us um, naturally don't tolerate frustrations as well as others, right? We're all just kind of different, have different traits. And then we also have um, things like in childhood, like, um, you know, academics and our parents that can uh, either reinforce our, uh, the way we approach frustrations or not. You know, some kids will say, I don't feel like it. Um, so a parent might say, okay, then don't do it. 
Um, but we all know the line, right? Like, obviously we want to respect our children and their choices, but, um, sometimes people need to be pushed to do something that might be uncomfortable, right. Um, to grow for, for growth, because I mean, as cliche as it is, we all know you do not grow within your comfort zone. Um, and then another thing is, is that the more you dodge discomforts, the less that skill gets developed. So Mm. you can be 40 and you've been dodging discomforts for, you know, several decades, that skill really hasn't developed. And then we throw in what you were just saying, Sarah, like advertising, which, you know, traditional advertising and also what we see on Instagram, because a lot of the people putting out these messages, they are advertising for their business. Like that's what I think people forget. Mm. They're Mm -hmm. trying to sell you on their business and they glorify easing discomfort, right. And portraying that things can, can flow and be easy and, um, you know, just, just work smarter and not harder. And obviously we all want to work smarter, right? Like, of course, I'm not saying that there's no merit to that, but I feel like the way it's thrown around, it's like, you shouldn't be hustling. And then, yeah, to throw in like the masculine versus the feminine sort of stuff, which honestly, I don't define, I personally do not define Mm -hmm. energy as masculine or feminine. I will use these terms because I have to communicate with people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Define and label energies within my own life as being either masculine or feminine. And And the clients that I work with, I don't look at them that way either. Cause I just really have this whole thing, this beef with this whole concept, like who is, who is to say, right. Who right. Is to say? And I think a lot of things have really been like misused and the constructs are being thrown around incorrectly. And I think a lot of this pop uh, energy sort of stuff is not really pure. If that makes sense. Like, right. And it's yeah. gotten manipulated because people are selling ease and effortless sort of stuff. And they're ma- they're they're making millions of dollars a year selling people mm-hmm. on that story. But it's so funny because then they're using structure, discipline, and focus to sell it. <laughs> right? Because you can't make million dollars a year by just doing ease and, and, and effortlessness. No, they all have, you know, like crazy email marketing and, you know, people working for them on a team that will text you and you know, it's just, um, the irony is just profound. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. (laughs) Yes. And okay. So I want to kind of take us back a little bit here, because one thing that you said that I really, really liked Mm -hmm. is that you're developing this. It's a skill that is underdeveloped over time. The reason why I really love the fact that you said this is because a lot of people will say, I'm just not disciplined. It's just not in me. I'm just not focused. I just don't have that. I remember talking to a a friend. Sorry. Yeah. I remember talking to a friend a few weeks ago who literally that that's just what she said. And I think that this is once again, one of those identity pieces and you have to be willing to create a new identity for yourself because identity is fluid right? You can recreate your identity at any point in time. It's not set in stone and it's also not biological, right? You can recreate these things, but as you said, it's a skill. So it's not something kind of like your eyes are brown, right? It's not like that's, it's not the same. It is a skill that you're not finding. Mm -hmm. People like to argue for their limitations. And the only thing that does is reinforce their limitations, 
Ooh, um, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, people really like to dwell on that. And, and really what it comes down to is learning how to take personal responsibility for managing your mindset and, um, managing your frustrations. So, um, you know, it's all up to the person and, and, and this is a skill and that's why we're talking about this, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why I work with people to help people with their, their mindsets because, this is personal development here, right? This is Mm -hmm. something to work on um, within yourself with how, how you think, right? How you uh, manage and place demands on yourself and others and the world by how things should be, how they must be, how they ought to be. um, Right. So this is all about increasing mental flexibility, which is what you were saying, Sarah, like it's not, it's not, you're not stuck, right? If you're not good at managing frustrations, like you don't have to spend your whole life being stuck, but people will say that. They'll Mm -hmm. say that because this is hard work. It's hard Mm -hmm. work um, changing these sort of things. I hear it all the time. Like, yeah, Lindsay, that makes a lot of sense, but it's hard work. It's hard. Yeah. I'm not saying working on your mindset is easy, right? You have to choose your heart. Right. Which heart would you rather? do Do you want to have a satisfying purpose-filled life, right? And having those sort of, like, that's how we opened it. That's why we're talking about this because learning how to think in a way that supports your best life, which is exactly what this is. This is just a subset of that, right? It is key for living a good life. And really that's all we all want. That's why we are pursuing entrepreneurship. It's part of it right? We have passions Mm -hmm. there and we want to have uh, life satisfaction. So um, yeah, working on this stuff is, is really important. And that's, I literally had a few notes down that I wanted to make sure I said today and right in front of me right now is learn to take responsibility and don't work for your limitations. (laughs) It was there. So I I really love that the conversation naturally evolved there. Um, Beautiful. And let me tell you something too. I, I'm, I'm someone who, who tends towards focus and discipline and taking personal responsibility, but there are levels on levels on levels of that. And one thing that really shook me and just like really put me in my place is when I started to work with higher level mentors and I was like, oh yeah, I know how to run a multiple six figure business, right? Like I'm good. I, I got this. I understand the discipline part. And my mentor came to me. He's like, no, 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 no you're not taking responsibility for this part. And I was like, oh my God, right? It's not the same way that people who don't have, who have a low frustration tolerance can develop that skill. Even those of us who are disciplined, who are focused, who do tend towards that, there's still room to grow with that because there's always new level, new double, right? There's always some sort of aspect of yourself that you need to really push into that discomfort once again, because you need to grow. If you're not growing your personal side of yourself, you're probably not growing your business. Yeah. I mean, it's like working out. Like you don't just hit a certain spot and say, okay, I'm done. You know, you got to keep going. It's like progressive overload, right? We talk about that in the fitness world. This is like the mental progressive overload, right? Mm -hmm. You just keep Mm -hmm getting stronger, your mind keeps getting stronger. And um, the more experiences that you have, the more, you know, life's going to continue to throw things at you. And there's always going to be challenges. And there's always going to be more work to do. 
And I mean, I think it's a great thing. How boring would life be if you finished everything that you needed to do by a certain age, right? Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. life, I- life is life is for learning. And the more you can realize there's no finish line it, and it's just one big constant um, experience for growth in all aspects of your life, you know, I think the better people are going to feel. Yeah. I mean, the path is the goal, right? Yeah. And, the- and entrepreneurship really, uh, you know, makes bring puts things on your plate that you might not have had to deal with if you didn't get put into the situation. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense. Like that's why I was yes. saying entrepreneurs deal with a lot of frustrations that other people, the average person might not. Um, it's like certain situations arise that, that this is why personal development and entrepreneurship are basically synonymous. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can't have one without the other. Right. Yeah. And I also feel like for a lot of people, what I'm, what I see as well is, well, one, most of my clients are coaches, right? So a lot of them are just kind of like, okay, I went through this coaching stuff. I know what this stuff is all about, but then what they don't realize is they're still doing a lot of the things that they teach their clients not to do. And I would also say that, I mean, this stuff is hard. It really, really is hard. Like sometimes I don't think of it that way because it's kind of like the moms that you talk to who are in the thick of motherhood and who are like just had a newborn, they'll tell you exactly how hard the newborn stage was, right? But if you talk to the mom that had a kid like 30 years ago, they're like, oh yeah, it was so beautiful. Such a beautiful time in my life. Because you you can't remember all of those things, right? You just remember the really good stuff. And I sometimes forget just how hard it was for me to be in my nine to five and do my yoga business, not because I was working too many hours, but literally the amount of discomfort and frustration I felt on a daily basis was like, I mean, I thought I'd go into entrepreneurship and I was like, perfect. I have my master's degree. I was always a really good student. You know, you know, by the time that you get into specific levels of academia, and and even in corporate, when you want to get raises, you just know that there's one person to please, right? And you just make sure that you do all of the revisions and then you submit your paper again and then boom, you get an A. And entrepreneurship is just like you submit your papers, you think you do the most amazing thing, and then it's just like you get like an F and you get an F over and over and over again because it's not the same. It's not the same game as corporate or as academia. Um, and it's not that you're not doing well. And I think that a lot of people will then do that. They'll do the whole self-sabotage of, well, I just suck at this. Uh, it's just, you're, you're playing a completely different game. You could literally put in the exact same paper in entrepreneurship 10 different times and nine times you get the F, but then the 10th time, all of a sudden you get an A and then everything starts to make sense. Yeah. And once you understand how to play that game, then it's just like, okay, you start to normalize the fact that there is a lot more frustration in it. But I think you're right. And I think that for a lot of people, it also isn't like, I don't want anyone to listen to this and be like, oh, well, I just really suck. Right? Like, I'm just, I'm not disciplined enough. It's just like, no, you know, entrepreneurship is, a, it's a different beast. And if you can master and normalize these things uh, as entrepreneurs have had to, um, you can really master that game. Yeah. I mean, everyone, it, it, and don't compare yourself to people who have been in it for a while and doing this work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to be totally honest with people, like I avoided starting a business for so long because I didn't think I could manage the frustrations of like 
working and being a mom. So I mm-hmm. put it, on, I, I can't even tell you how many times I said to like my best friends, like, oh, you know, my kid's sick. I'm sick. This is just confirming that I can't manage it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't do it. And, you know, so we've all, we've all experienced it and there's nobody. And, and that's the other thing too, is like, oh, it's not hard for other people. Like, you know, right. <laughs> but you know, nobody is like really airing out their dirty laundry. Like I'll tell you what, when I was experiencing those frustrations, I wasn't on Instagram telling the world that I just didn't feel like I could start a business. Like, right. <laughs> like we don't mm-hmm. say those things, you know? Um, so everyone experiences these things and, and, and frustration tolerance is a skill for everyone. I mean, this was invented, you know, to, to help people really with like, you know, overcoming depression or anxiety or, you know, different things like that. And it applies to entrepreneurs, uh, higher level professionals, right? Executives, um, athletes, right? Because athletes experience a ton of frustrations as well. We're just kind of tailoring it because Sarah is a business coach, right? So that's what the yeah. podcast is focusing on. But I just wanted to to kind of touch on um, a few more things. But basically, that you get stuck in this mindset loop with low frustration tolerance, right? Because your expectations don't match reality. Something fails to materialize. Your frustrations go up. We can't stand feeling that way, right? We feel like we've been thwarted. The self-talk begins. We start awfulizing, which is really important to take note of. So awfulizing is labeling something as awful that's actually not Mm. really awful so few Mm. things in life that we deal with are actually awful um but we call a lot of things awful and um maybe even if you're not putting the word to it you are treating it as it being awful um then we can overreact out of emotion we can quit we can walk away we can avoid and uh then rarely do we learn from it right we rarely learn from the situation and that's why the skill doesn't get developed but Coming back to the mindset of that loop, you really need to understand the ABCs. I'm going to say what this is in a second. So the ABCs are, A is an activating event, right? So something Mm. happens in the world. Something happens within your business, okay? Maybe you get on a call with um, a potential lead and you're really excited. You think they're a perfect fit and they ghost you, right? Activating event. The B is your belief, right? So things are pretty much meaningless. We attach the meaning to it. So we have beliefs, we have thoughts, we have assumptions about things that happen in life. And that leads to the C, which is the consequence, which is Mm -hmm. the emotions that we feel and the behaviors that we have as a result. So people will say to me all the time, okay, yeah, I get it. But then like, what do I do about it? And what you have, this is what you have to do. The answer is you have to work on your beliefs and beliefs can be rational beliefs or they can be irrational beliefs. Um, Another way to kind of label that would be like limiting beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. That's what irrational beliefs are. So um, if you have clear and healthy, rational beliefs, I'm not saying you're not going to be frustrated, but you're going to be able to Hmm. manage frustrations that come and use your frustrations to develop your business or whatever it is that you're facing in life, right? If you have irrational beliefs and then you're talking about how awful things are, 
then that's where we go rewind all the way back to the beginning of this podcast. We were talking about the negative things, right? Procrastination, avoidance, complacency, regression, like the, Mm. it's up to you what you want to do with a frustration. And that comes down to your mindset and your belief, your thoughts being rational or irrational. And uh, people will say like, okay, well, how can I tell if a belief is rational or irrational? And here's some tips for that. Because I always like people to be able to walk away with something tangible, like that they can work on. Um, And one, like, think about your belief. Does your belief help you in the long run? Right? If it doesn't help you in the long run, chances are it is an irrational belief. Interesting. Yeah. The second one, and, and that's important to note, because you have to think of short-term versus long-term. Avoiding a frustration is a short-term win because you Ooh, feel relief. Yes. You have to think of the long-term here. What are your goals for life, right? Your goals for life are not to quit and walk away. It's just going to feel good in the moment because you're going to ease discomfort. Hmm. So that's what I mean by that. The second thing you have to ask yourself, is my belief consistent with known facts and the reality? Because Mm -hmm. chances are, if it's not, (laughs) it is an irrational belief. So um, for example, uh, someone says, you know, it's awful that I don't have a fully, I'm not fully booked within this certain timeframe or that so many of my, um, so many calls that I get on you know, they don't want to work with me or whatever, right? Like, is that really consistent with reality? Like with what your expectations are, that that's Mm -hmm. how it should be, right? Like, probably not, right? Everything takes different amounts of times for for people and so forth. And then the other thing is, is my belief logical? Like, does it even make sense? So for example, just because something sucks, does that mean that you can't stand it, right? Like, if you feel like, a certain strategy, trying it, like it just kind of sucks. Does that mean you should avoid it? Like, no, that's not a logical sort of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And this really reminds me of even just going through the motions in the beginning of my business and really just feeling like, okay, things should be better right now. Or, you know, it's also the whole, like, I should be further. I should have this done. Yes. And that word right there should, that is a huge clue that you are engaging in irrational self-talk. The words, when the words should be, must, ought to be pop up, that is a huge red flag that you have an irrational belief. Why should things be that way? Why should things work out at a certain time? Right? Mm -hmm. Why? Those are big, big red flags. And you're right. And, you know, obviously you worked through those because you wouldn't be here right now with the amount of success that you have. But a lot of people can get really hung up on those things and feel really bad about themselves and really self-defeated and give up, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I think everything that was talked about today is just so important. So, so important for every single level of business. And it really is all of this is, is in your mindset. It's all mindset, but it's, it's mindset stuff that really impacts your ability to implement. And when we, so I actually have a podcast episode that talks about no, 
Wait, Sarah. Uh, implement reflect. Yep. That, that statement is like gold. I feel like, I, feel like <laughs> I don't want people to like breeze over that statement. You mm-hmm. said like this impacts your ability to implement. And like, that is like, that is like the icing on top, right? Yep. So I have these three stages of being able to actually go for something in business. It's knowledge, implementation, and reflection. And unfortunately, the vast majority of people get stuck in knowledge. And so it's really easy to just buy a new program or get a new credential. Mm. Uh, But it's not as it's far more difficult to implement. And what we're talking about today is a part of that implementation. It's keeping you stuck from the implementation. But then only through implementing can you actually go to reflection. And I think a lot of people just go through knowledge and then they do like, 10% 10% implementation, and then they give up because of the low frustration tolerance and everything that we're talking about today. And then that doesn't allow them to accurately reflect, which doesn't give them an accurate feedback loop. Yeah. And, or, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, or what I like to call fake implementation, mm. work that they feel like they're busy because they're working kind of on their business with something, but they're really not doing the tasks that they need. They're avoiding the uncomfortable stuff. So I talk to people all the time, entrepreneurs, coaches, and, you know, I'll say, what are you, you know, what are you working on in your business? And they'll give me some kinds of answers. And I'm like, well, like, what do you need to be working on? Like, what do you Mm -hmm. need actually need to be doing? Because just reading another book, or working on your website again, right? Like those sort of things, they can make you feel like you're being productive, but you're really not. You're really doing the things that just feel comfortable. You're not pushing yourself to the things that feel uncomfortable because you don't want to experience those frustrations and they can Mm -hmm. be, you know, scary. Like, like a lot of people avoid putting their content on social media. That's going to trigger, right? They can't handle the, they can't handle the discomfort of uh, somebody thinking they're stupid, right? Or, oh, like, who is this person to be putting that out there, right? Like, so they avoid the real work. And a lot of that is also avoiding rejection. Uh, And I I talk about this a lot. I, what you're talking about, I call non-income generating activities because income, true income generating activities are uncomfortable. They really put you in the face of rejection. Um, And they're frustrating. Uh, They take a specific type of energy out of you. And this is so true and so key. And I think that even just to kind of sum up everything that we've been talking about, one thing that's, I think, just so, so huge here is this is why mentorship is so crucial and so important to this stuff, because we cannot figure out our own blind spots. It's very, very hard to do this on our own. Yeah. I mean, self-help, right? Like Hmm. it's good to have self-help obviously to want to be able to work on yourself, but rarely, like Hmm. maybe I'm not going to say it can, can't be the be all end all. Maybe it can be for like 0.00001% of people, right? Because there's always going to be an anomaly and I don't like to speak in absolutes. However, most people who engage in just self-help, they don't seek other professionals, coaches, or whatever to help them, they they don't they don't move forward, right? Because yeah. like I they're said, they're stuck in the knowledge phase. And you read 
what you want to read and you apply to your life what you want to apply. And mm-hmm. a lot of this sort of stuff is subconscious. Yes. It's subconscious. And it's so much easier to have it called out by somebody and help you through it and work on these sort of things than uh, try to identify yourself and the blocks yourself, right? Like we were saying earlier, like, you know, if somebody says, I just want to eat intuitively, like, okay, mm-hmm. well, but you're, you're just, you know, you're, you can't even get there right now because you have so many like, you know, issues and so forth. Like it's going to help to work with a professional that can like help you know what foods you should be eating or put you on a meal plan or, you know, whatever. Right. And I, I love this so much because then the way that we apply this to business is the whole idea of your intuition is your is the best strategy. And how could your intuition know what the best strategy is if if your intuition doesn't understand all of the different strategies available to you, right? I could go, I think, I think I actually have a podcast episode just on that, but I think those are like very, very similar things. Um I yeah. agree. I agree. All right. Yeah. Well, just mm-hmm. just one more thing as I know we want to end this, but I hope people really take away the idea that a lot of what they're seeing on social media is marketing to sell them something, to sell mm-hmm. them an idea that things can be easy. And really this whole putting down hustle culture, I'm not saying people should hustle all the time, mm-hmm. but there's a time and a place for hustle. There's a time yeah. and a place for working really hard. The pendulum, in my opinion, has swung too far. Millennials, I can speak for millennials being one myself, we saw a certain way of work and life and we didn't like it, but we swung many of us. Mm -hmm. And I was in that, Mm -hmm. I was riding that pendulum all the way to the upswing for a while um, with things should just be easy. You know, this is the new way of doing things. And there's some sort of balance in the middle. Be very, very apprehensive about anyone who just tries to sell you something that things should just be, things are easy. You don't have to work hard. Things can be just constantly effortless, you know, um, because it's just not reality and, uh, growth happens when you face the challenges, it's going to make you a better human, um, and give you a happier life for working on this stuff. So I could talk forever about this, but (laughs) I know we're going to talk more uh, on future episodes. Yeah, I love it. You know, Lindsay and I really want to kind of revolutionize the online coaching space, but in a really nice, loving way where we just, there's a time and place for the creativity, for the flow, for, and, but there's equally a time and place for the discipline. And, and throughout these episodes that we have together, I think we're going to give some really, really great feedback from two different perspectives, right? So both from my perspective of someone who's kind of been implementing it and has, has achieved like really quote unquote, big success in terms of the monetary success. Um, But then also, and Lindsay has so much of the research to back it as well. So I think you guys are in for a really, really great ride. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Lindsay. Since this is the first episode, where can people find you and kind of like learn more about what you do? Yeah. uh, Well, my name is like really hard (laughs) for people. (laughs) You can have it in the show notes, but it's lindsayhavlicheckbell.com for my website. And on Instagram, it's uh, dr underscore Lindsay, um, L I N D S A Y. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you'll put that in the show notes to, uh, show people where they can connect with me online. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Sarah. 
Thanks for listening to the Up Level Your Online Business Show. If you enjoy our show and would like the show notes and free goodies about how to grow your online coaching business, head over to sarahjlorero.com for more information. We hope you'll tune in next time. 